Hi everyone, welcome to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Follow That Dream, Sony Music's official Elvis Presley collector's label, was established in 1999 to serve the dedicated Elvis collector and to complement the commercial and artistic level of RCA's retail release schedule by issuing repertoire that is considered of interest to serious Elvis fans and collectors. Material that is not generally part of the mainstream RCA label release to the public at large. My special guest today is Steve Barilli. Steve provides the images for Follow That Dream and Sony releases. He also saw Elvis in concert many times. Steve joins me on the line now. Hi Steve, welcome to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel and you're very, very welcome. Hello, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And it's my pleasure to speak to you as well. Now, as I said in the intro, uh, you provide uh, photographs and so forth for the artwork for the Follow That Dream label. Sure. Sony as well. Yeah. But what I want to do first of all, because I'm really, really excited about this, is you might have seen Elvis live a couple of times. Am I correct in saying that? uh seven a little more than a couple well yeah. I, I that's that's it i am so so jealous of you <laughs> so, well, so um, and as, I am, as you as you should be yeah, in that respect <laughs> exactly exactly so take us through it then um because as i say i'm really really excited to hear all about the details you actually saw him at madison square garden that was my first show, 1972, of course. I was... Um, what a place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm from New York City and have been my whole life. So um, I was an Elvis fan already for since I was like five years old. So in 72, I was 13 and he was coming to New York and I begged my mom to please get me a ticket or get us a ticket. And um, that she did. She went down to uh, the box office at the garden. That's what we did back then, right? And um, lo and behold, she came home with a few tickets. And uh, that was my first show. I can, you know, I had never been to a place like that before. And I can remember very vividly walking into the place and the place was still fairly empty you know the house lights were up and i felt something in the air couldn't quite you know i had never felt anything like that before but now we might call it um a, a kind of an electricity you know an excitement in the air yeah and i had never seen him before i didn't know what to expect and um, that's my first memory. And then, of course, when, you know, you get through the opening acts and um, the lights go down and they started with the theme from 2001, I had no idea about that either. Yeah. <laughs> and when, <laughs> when that started, it really, you, as you can imagine, forget it. It's Goosebump City. Mm. And you're like, you know, uh, God is about to enter the place. And it was an amazing, amazing presence that he had just immediately as soon as he walked on. And I was kind of expecting a person in a white jumpsuit, you know? So the I was at the afternoon show, which oh, of course yes. he wore blue. Yeah, the the uh, I think it's the the uh, the wheat jumpsuit, I believe. Yes, correct. 
And so when I saw him in blue, my favorite color, and he just looked amazing. And the crowd in the place was deafening, you know, at the very sight of him. Flash bulbs, which at the time I thought was part of the show. <laughs> you thought it was part of the lighting. Like a, <laughs> yeah, like a strobe effect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's exactly uh, what it looked like. And, um, you know, the rest is the, the, the one hour goes by so very quickly. As soon as um, Can't Help Falling in Love begins, you know, uh, it's time to say goodbye. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you have good seats uh, for, for this concert? I was on the floor, the orchestra level, which is what they called it, uh, row 26. I was 26 rows back. That's not too bad. Um, not the best, but not terrible either. It, was, it certainly wasn't like uh, a nosebleed section. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, this is the concert, if I'm not uh, mistaken, that uh, made it onto the DVD Prince from Another Planet. That's correct. But um, be, be, long before that was the CD Afternoon in the Garden. Yes, and you have a connection with that. Well, that was my that was the first project I ever worked on. Ironically enough, yes. So the first time you saw him, and also the first project you worked on. Correct. Yeah. So you know it, that was very exciting. I I felt it to be an extreme privilege. As I still do, you know, I always find it exciting and uh, fun and a privilege to be involved with um, FTD and Sony. Uh, FTD in particular, they're doing a fabulous job, in my opinion. Yes. Now, that was uh, probably 1997, was it, An Afternoon in the Garden? You are correct. Once more, yes. But I think uh, full mainstream uh, Follow That Dream started in 1999. So it's been going a long, long time. It's been going a long, long yes, time. It has. I, I, I think I, I remember hearing you say uh, that um, there was more Follow That Dream releases since 1999 than there was Elvis releases while he was alive. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's, it's just yeah. a phenomenal output. We're very lucky, aren't we? Yeah. You know, uh, I can't imagine any other singer that this could happen for. Mm. You know, where fans would be interested still 45 years after death. That's, that's unheard of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, one of the things, one of the things I always think of when I'm listening to one of the Follow That Dream CDs is, you know, when there's like uh, an early take or take one uh, of a, a track that Elvis has done and it wasn't used. I often find myself asking the question, why wasn't it used? There's, there's nothing wrong with that take. It's perfection. But Elvis might go on and do another 10 or 15 takes of that song. Well, that's it. I, I do believe that um, he was the one who kind of um, chose what the master should be. Yes. So um, if the genius wasn't happy, he would just do it again. <laughs> yeah. He could probably hear right? something that we couldn't. Absolutely. Yes. Or he could only know uh, that in his mind, he could do it better. Mm. And, you know, in most cases, the master is usually the better take. Mm. Yeah. 
maybe the better balance or the better sound from the, the, the yeah not not always but usually i i find that to be the case yeah. it's lovely to hear the evolution of a song though something like oh, uh, you, you know i'm just i'm just mm-hmm. sort of pulling one out of the air here make me know it the very very first song that he, sure. he yeah. that he sang when he uh, went into uh, Studio B after he came out of the army. Back. Yeah, right. I mean, I think the the, ma- the master was take nineteen, but take one is brilliant as well. It's so fresh. Uh, yeah, that happens a lot with um, some of the ballads as well. You hmm. know, then again, there are there are certain uh, take ones that became the master. You yeah. know, he only did uh, some things just once funny how time slips away comes to mind yeah and another one uh, again we're going back to elvis's back is reconsider baby they did that they fired that oh. off in one take unbelievable really brilliant brilliant yes and it was it, it was it was right at the end of the session as well wasn't it? i think the sun was coming up they were just about to ready to call it a day and for whatever mm-hmm. reason elvis decided he just wanted to do reconsider baby and the band fell in with him and no it- it's it's i think it's one of the greatest blues things um i've ever heard you know yeah and i always say anybody i always say hats off to boots randolph as well for the for the saxo oh for sure that's you know improvisation that's the kind of musician uh boots randolph was yeah and you know most of those uh musicians on those sessions were uh seasoned pros yeah that's that's without a doubt, and I love the fact that you can hear Elvis in the background during the sax solo, yes. sort of encouraging and laughing along with yep. Boots. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine being a fly on the wall when he was when he was recording that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's I fantasize about that uh, all the time. You know, uh, the Memphis <laughs> session '69. Yes, yes. Imagine being a fly on the wall when he did "I'll Hold You in My Heart." Yeah. And I do I do believe he's at the piano. Yes, he is. Correct. Yeah, he's down. He's credited Imagine as playing the piano. That. Yeah. And he was playing piano on uh, After Loving You as well, I believe. Mhm. Correct. So, yep. and of course, Follow That Dream has done a really really good set of the uh, the the uh, uh, American Studio Sessions as well in 69. I agree. Yeah. Fantastic. Um so I like the three separate volumes that they did. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's um, cover uh, a few other uh, concerts you saw and make me even more jealous. Where did we go after uh, Madison, Madison Square Garden? The following year, he's coming back to the New York area at the uh, Nassau Coliseum, which is on Long Island here. And um, I believe what we did for that show was uh, mail order, a mail order um, ticket, right? You could right right to the place and they send you a ticket so um we got our tickets that way for the saturday evening show and um i would say around two weeks prior to the show um an older friend of mine at the time i say older if i was 14 he was about 25 he too was a Elvis fan and i get a knock on the door i open it and it's my friend he says um you want to go see Elvis? I said, well, I have a ticket already for Saturday night. He said, well, I have a ticket for Sunday for you. So um, here we go. I so I got to see him uh, back-to-back shows in 73 in uh, June, June 23rd and 24th, that was. 
And uh, those shows were phenomenal. Uh, it's like smack dab in the middle of the garden and Aloha, right? Time wise. And so he was in great, great form. He looked amazing. He sounded amazing. Um, the Sunday show he did, I'm leaving and how great thou art. Oh, wow. Saturday night. He did bridge. What now my love trilogy. Those were always show stoppers. And, um, those were amazing shows. If you've ever seen uh, private footage of those shows, you'll know what I mean. I think on the 24th, he was, he was wearing the nail suit. I have it down as the nail suit on the 24th. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. And um, he did Steamroller, complete with uh, stripper kicks <laughs> and all. I think I've if seen. You've seen that footage. I, I think I've seen some footage of that on YouTube. Yeah, where he he does the the, the kicks, uh, and they they they've they've married it they've married it up they married up the sound with the the footage and sure. it looks really really good. Yes. Yeah. It's um you know um people are doing an amazing job uh, with the um, dubbing yeah. of, of sound to those films nowadays. Um, Jack Mullins is like the ultimate expert when it comes to that mm. yeah well jack knows his stuff as well yes and absolutely he, he he worked on the bruce jackson uh um dvd yes I believe. he did yeah yes he did yeah a little bit smaller i think the uh audience was uh, in the nassau stadium was there sixteen and a half thousand compared to twenty thousand in the in madison square garden that's correct yes mm-hmm Nassau Coliseum is not quite as big as um, the Garden. Not that you'd probably notice, you know, those extra few thousand people. The noise, I would imagine, would be fairly uh, loud. It was very similar. Yeah, whenever I saw Elvis, the crowd was just um, besides themselves. You know, um, it's just the effect he had on um, on the audience, uh, myself included. You kind of like just... It's like nothing you've ever seen before or since. He loved he he loved toying with the audience, didn't he? When 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 he was in the round, if there were you know the crowd behind him as well, he'd stop and he'd turn just to look at them, and mm -hmm. he'd, and he'd laugh and he'd, he'd he'd wink at Charlie because they'd scream just because he turned round. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yes, and you know um, he got a big kick out of that as well. He should. You know, he had the crowd. Uh, thousands of people in the palm of his hand mm, yeah it's got to be an amazing feeling to an individual right uh he, he in fact he often said it was a two-way street and he could feel the electricity from the audience in himself i'm sure yes i kind of like the uh the next show i saw i was in the second row so i was i was closer to him than i ever had been previously which was july 19th 1975 at the same venue. Yeah, and there was a big highlight in that show, I believe, wasn't there? Oh, absolutely. Very, very difficult to explain. What did he do? You'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. Oh, wow. Yes. At the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't used to uh, playing the piano in concert. Uh, this must have been one of the first times he probably did it. Well, if you listen to the audience recording, he's before 
doing it. He says, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, Yeah, but I've never had the guts to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is quite odd for, to, to, to hear Elvis Presley say something like that. I haven't had the guts to do it. It's quite odd for to hear that, isn't it? Well, we do know that there was a, uh, a streak of insecurity mm. within him. Right. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure it was an idea he had been toying with, uh, for a while, like he said, and, um, he was feeling in, he was in terrific voice. Just, you know, the, the best I had heard him up to that point, I couldn't believe when he stretched to reach that note in how great thou art. Uh huh. That was the first time I ever heard that, you know, the, Oh my God part. Oh yes. I was, I was like, I was directly under him and I was cringing when he reached for that note. I, but lo and behold, he was again, you know, he was better than I thought he was. <laughs> mm, mm. It's probably, it's probably it's something he probably couldn't have done in say 1970. Um, he could do it in 75. Right. Not as powerful. His, voice was um at its powerful peak at that point yeah as it and it continued to get even more powerful in my opinion uh that show was phenomenal but what brought me to that show was when you said something about him feeling the energy back from the audience Mm. so from from that from that perspective um being like literally maybe 10 feet from him directly under him for the entire show, I could see for the first time how he uh, felt the vibes from the audience and how he, uh, he just got better with the audience's reaction. You know, if he saw the audience was uh, enthused the way he needed it to be, he would just uh, improve during the course of the show. Yeah. He fed off their reaction. Exactly, exactly. And uh, that could be one of the reasons why he did You'll Never Walk Alone. Um, he sensed that this was, the crowd was really into him, as they were. And um, uh, you've heard the recording, I'm yes, sure. Um, have, yes. that entire That entire show is great. You know, even when he did Love Me Tender, he should have done it that way always. He does it like virtually a cappella. And at the tempo of the original, sounded amazing. Yeah, because it was always faster in concert normally, wasn't it? It was always rushed, sure, as most of his. Yeah, he wanted to get through the 50s fairly quickly, didn't he? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, being that close to the stage, did you, did you manage to get anything from Elvis? I uh, got a scarf. Uh, actually, I got two scarves. The first one I had to uh, wrestle for <laughs> a, a woman next to me. You know, he threw he threw it in our direction, and we both grabbed one end, and we kind of played a little bit of a tug of war. And I, being the gentleman that I was, even then, I let it go. Yeah, and I I I do believe he was aware of that. He probably saw it. Yeah. Because he got, once he got, uh, you know, he got another one around his neck. He looked directly into my eyes and threw it right at me. Goodness me. And I got that one. 
and another one during the course of the show, a red one and a blue one. And, um, at the end of the show, I gave it to um, a young lady that was with me in the group um, mm-hmm. at the time. But but you you probably have the other one. You you have the other one, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, prominently displayed along with a photograph from the show and the ticket stub. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Which um we'll show you sometime. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Um so did, did you get to shake his hand or I uh well, it was more like a touch, you know. But yeah, at the end of the show, uh, as we rushed the stage, um, he would, you know, selectively touch certain people's hand. I wouldn't say he shook anybody's hand. Yeah, it was yeah. more like a touch, you know. But yes, I was, I was one of them. Yes, brilliant. The ne- the next year, seventy uh, six. Did you see any seventy six shows? I saw Philadelphia and New Haven. How were they? Because now, 70, uh, 76 was quite a, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not being unkind when I say this, but he was at a low ebb in 76. Some of the shows weren't that good. I think, I mean, the the health issues were starting to take a toll, I believe, in 76. No doubt about it. And um, we kind of felt that, you know, uh, the Philadelphia was somewhat of what I would say kind of a lazy show by comparison to those that I had seen prior. Right. Yeah. We're talking the garden, Nassau 73 and Nassau 75. They were amazing. So this Philadelphia was somewhat of a lazy show. However, I must stress that his presence, the feeling of his presence never diminished. Mm. As soon as he walked out, it was an amazing reaction from the crowd. He had still had a presence that you never felt by anyone else. Um, and then, you know, he would, uh, let you know that he still got it when he did things like hurt and, uh, America, the beautiful, right. Yeah. So, um, you knew he had it, but something was just not quite right. And again, you know, at, in 76, I was, um, 17 years old and, um, in a little bit of denial in retrospect, you know? You didn't want to believe that um, there was a problem. You know, well, you just might not be feeling so good today. Or in spite of what you read in the newspapers, um, I certainly was in denial. You know, this was my ultimate idol, my ultimate hero. Of course, yeah. I never wanted to hear anything negative about him back then. And New Haven was kind of pretty much the same. Still knocking them dead, though. Like I said, the crowd reaction was um, just amazing. And, you know, when he wanted to to belt it out, he could. So, you know, I kind of I, I kind of focused on the positive parts of the shows, you know. I often I often wonder, uh, you know, with, with, uh, we're talking obviously the 1970s and technology is was nowhere near what it's like now. What was the sound like mm-hmm. at, at these concerts? sound was great yeah it wasn't the 50s you know um, and the sound in the 70s was um pretty awesome especially live you know um i don't want to neglect saying this you know if you never heard elvis live you really don't know how great he was Mm, i can believe that the voice was rich the voice was full and when he hit some powerful notes 
the floor shook. I could, you know, especially remember that in the uh, 75 show when he did things like You'll Never Walk Alone or um, How Great Thou Art. Just amazingly powerful. No, there was, there was certainly nothing wrong with the sound in the buildings mm. that, you know, that I attended. But I mean, the artists today, they have the luxury of auto-tune and things like that, even in live concerts now, not just in the studio. Um, you know, Elvis did so much on 1970s, really sort of to, to compare to today, crude technology, really. Um, he was a pure natural. You could hear that even in the home recordings. Yes. As, as, you know, it uh, poor quality. The guy was a, a natural born singer. And, you know, it's, and it certainly showed when you saw him live, he sounded even better than, than the records. You know, that's something I, I don't want to neglect to say either. He sounded better than his record. When he did hurt, it was better than the record. <laughs> and, uh, and most anything else, trilogy, you know, yeah. uh, you name it. Yeah. The, uh, the, the last concert, I, I mean, I know you at the time, obviously, None of us knew that uh, what was going to happen. You didn't realize that this would be the last time you saw him, but you saw him in 1977? Correct. Uh, once more in Philadelphia, yes. May 28th? And um, that was May 28th. That was, that was quite a good, uh, a good one by 1977 standards, I think. Well, I was about to say it was better than 76, so I was happy, mm. you know. Um, I... I um, unfortunately my seats were behind him. I was sitting like behind Ronnie Tut. Right. So, um, you know, most of the show I, I caught him from the back and if, if you see any photographs, he never looked bad from the back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, but, but, you know, I did see that he had somewhat of a, of a, of a belly and, uh, I did not get a really good look at his, at his face. And he sounded terrific. Yeah. So once again, I was happy. You know, he did My Way, Hurt, uh, It's Now or Never. And so I came away from that show uh, happier, much happier than I did in 76. Mm -hmm. I think 77 gets a bad rap. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, his voice was amazing. There, there were still a few off nights. Uh, unfortunately, one of the ones that springs to mind was uh, June 19th, Omaha, which was one of the ones, unfortunately, the CBS uh, taped for Film. Elvis in concert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then again, you, right. see the, you see the difference in, in only a couple of days later on June the 21st. That's correct, yes. In, in, in my opinion, he was probably extremely nervous. Um, he knew the way he looked. He was not happy with that. And uh, there's television cameras going to be on him. They made him wear makeup. Yeah, well, that, that's always for television. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and he probably got um, a little too sedated. Mm. And if you know, even if you watch that show, towards the middle and the end, he kind of is um, becoming more of himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, by that time the show is almost over. However, there are some, uh, vocals that are brilliant. How great thou art comes to mind. Yeah. I think they were supposed to film three 
but uh, I wish they would have filmed Lincoln was in the middle. That's right. right. I think was, they were supposed to the film. That... I, I think they were supposed to film Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. And strange, strangely, the, the the cameras were there at Indianapolis, but they didn't film inside the building. I think there was insurance, or they couldn't get permission or something to film Indianapolis. A pity, isn't it? Yeah, because that was a really, really good show, apparently. Yeah, uh, and so was Cincinnati. Yeah. The the, the night before uh, in the Indianapolis. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's a pity that there is so little, relatively little professional film of um, the greatest ever. Really is a pity. A uh, big pity that uh, Madison Square Garden wasn't filmed professionally. Sure. July the 31st, yes, J- July the 31st, 1969 should have been, but maybe then again, oh, the pressure course. was just, the pressure might have been just too much for Elvis, uh, you know. Yeah, there was, uh, there's so much, there's so much that, um, every, every tour should have been filmed professionally, mm. you know, but you know, we won't, uh, we'll, we'll reserve our discussion of Colonel Parker for a later date. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to briefly cover Elvis on tour because we know that we, we think there's work being done on that. Is that correct? Elvis on tour. Man, I wish I had something definitive to tell you. Mm. Um, I can only hope. That's the reason I I, I was happy about the uh, the movie being as successful as it was. That being the Austin Butler movie, um, just uh, for the fact that that might encourage the powers that be to release some um, some Elvis on tour. Yeah, because there are n- many hours of enjoyment uh for for people like us if they were to restore the film the the way they should and the sound quality it could be um an amazing experience i mean the whole movie in my opinion needs a recut and a remaster and some of the sort of the dead wood taken out and more elvis put in uh, I mean, we, we sure. I you mean, know, we, I don't know about you, but nobody wants to see the coke machines and the people filing in to see him. You know, maybe a ten or fifteen second shot of them filing in to see him. But we want to see Elvis. That's what we want to see. I totally agree. And um, some Elvis fans have done just that with the movie. There mm. are some um, private versions of the movie um, floating around that are that are fantastic. Even the angles have been um, uh, improved upon. Like um, instead of three angles, you have uh, two angles with only Elvis on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, computer programs are such nowadays, like you mentioned with technology, that a lot can be done with virtually no loss of quality. Yeah. So um, until they do the right thing, if ever they do, uh, there are some some other enjoyable versions of Elvis on tour out there. Well, let, let's let's cover it uh, for a little while. Um, there was nineteen concerts in that April tour. Um, we know that I think five were definitely definitely recorded uh, and, fi- and and filmed, uh, and they were five. You say? Uh, well, I've got yeah, I've got five written down here. I've got. Um, Hampton Roads, both uh, two thirty and eight thirty, that was on the ninth. I've got April the tenth, which was Richmond, uh, Greensboro on the fourteenth at eight thirty, and 
the uh, San Antonio on the 18th. Um, and then we've also got, this was very, very interesting. You will have seen this on YouTube as well. The opening night on April 5th in Buffalo, videotaped in black and white uh, by, it was either um, Robert Abel or Pierre Adige, mm -hmm. I think. Right. Uh, for sort of, right. you know, to get, to get a, a, a really the sort of the way that an Elvis concert, the choreography really of a Elvis concert for the, uh, the guys that were going to be mm -hmm. filming. Um, and there's also a brief sequence in Dayton, I believe, on the 7th. Now, again, why just show a brief uh, sequence? They must have filmed the whole show. Well, if they didn't film the whole show, they must have filmed at least a song or two. Yeah. I, in, I would say. Yeah. Right? So let's not dream too big. I would even, I would even welcome one complete song from Dayton. Yeah. But you're correct. There is film of Dayton in the movie, and there is also film of Knoxville in the movie. Okay. Knoxville was, uh, well, there's, there, there was, uh, yeah, there was an afternoon and an evening show at Knoxville on the 8th. Okay. Yeah. He was wearing, he was wearing these, the, the snowflake, the 1971 snowflake in the afternoon and the blue nail in the afternoon. I didn't know that. There is actually footage of... Uh, yeah, so the so the the film in the movie is the Blue Nail. Uh, not did you call it the Blue Nail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So the the clip in the movie is with the Blue Nail. Um, the reason I know this is I have um, private footage from Knoxville. Wow. In the Blue Nail, and he does exactly the same move that you see in the Elvis on tour film. Mm -hmm. when he first walks on stage i can't even describe the kind of move that he does is it the shrug of the shoulders something like that yeah. you can call it that the shrug of the shoulders or he's kind of like almost like he does a football move like um <laughs> yeah from side to side yeah okay yeah you 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 know you know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I've watched that sequence many many times. And when he gets onto the stage, he looks left and right. He's kind of confused. I think he's sort of toying with the audience. He doesn't know which way to walk. So I have private footage, like I said, where it's the same, exactly the same thing from a different angle, of course. Mm, mm, yeah. But um, I bet my bottom dollar that um, they filmed in Knoxville as well. And it wouldn't surprise me if they filmed that other shows that, you know, we, we haven't seen yet. Yeah. 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 So there's an awful, awful lot of footage that we haven't seen. There is. Uh, and of course there there, is. there's, there's a, there's a, the, the footage that they sort of took, um, sort of him rehearsing and then doing the, 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 the sort of the, the, the fake recording session after the real recording yeah. session as well. So yeah. there's all that as well. There's a lot of that to be seen as well. Um, you, have you, you've, you've seen, you've seen the picture that I've seen, uh, of, uh, Pierre Adige and Robert Abel, uh, and they're standing in front of a whole load of film cans and it says yeah. Elvis on tour. Sure, yeah. And we've, mm -hmm. we've got the, we've got the, uh, the magnifying glass up many times to try and see what's written on them. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, the, the, the videotape that you mentioned earlier, um, sold in an auction, like, uh, what, seven years ago or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. A hundred and 
believe it was 110 grand or 150 grand, something doesn't, like that. that doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. It's actually very good. It's very clear for a 1972 well, video. From what we, yeah, and and um, what we hear, um, it's most of the show that was videotaped, like 45 minutes of it. Um, and so it's in the hands of a private collector. And uh, who knows if um, anybody will ever get to see it. But um, it does exist, as we know. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple of minutes of it on YouTube. Um, it was very clever the way they filmed Elvis on tour, the concerts, because they, 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 um, the cassettes that they had in the cameras only lasted for 11 minutes. So they staggered them, didn't they? They started the cameras at different times so there would never be a camera down, so there'd never be a complete blackout. They, they wouldn't miss any of the concert. The video, you mean the Buffalo show? No, the uh, the actual shows that we see in uh, Elvis on tour, the the sixteen mil. Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 only yeah, the, the cassettes sure. only held eleven minutes, I think. So they had to stagger the cameras, so it's there was never a complete and utter blackout, so they never missed a right. part of a concert. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then there's uh, there's that lovely um, outtake in Albuquerque, I believe, where the eight year old Denise Sanchez gets to meet Elvis. Uh, she had cancer, Isn't that didn't marvelous? She? Yeah. Isn't that marvelous? Yeah. Elvis, and, you know, he could barely look at her. I know. He, he, he seemed quite subdued and quite sad when he was talking to her, didn't he? Exactly. Exactly. He could barely bring himself to look at her and think, you know, to think that he's got to do this just before a show, mm. you know? Yeah. It's, um, Yeah. But uh, that is a very touching scene. She requested he sing a song, and, and he says, I, I won't tell you which one it is, but he did say in the end, didn't he, that it was, uh, you gave me a mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think he said that. I think he said this is for somebody very special, something like that anyway, if, if somebody said that to me once. Um, so we um, so we cover the uh, thing that we were talking about earlier on, which is the follow that dream uh, label and the images that you supply, uh, how, how, you, uh, mm-hmm. how you got started on that, and, 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 and sort of how, how many images have you got? Is it sort of hundreds or is it thousands? Or I would, I would have to say it's a couple of hundred thousand. Wow. You know he's the most photographed human being to ever grace the planet. And this was before smartphones and cell phones. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, I would. Pro- I'd. I'd go out of my mind trying to get every piece of of film from everybody's phone. You know, it would be virtually impossible. But uh, yeah, I've been collecting photographs of him my entire life, and um, uh, I enjoy the uh, footage as well. You know, whenever anything new turns up, uh, like that airport stuff that came out a few weeks back yeah that was beautiful yeah I, co- I i actually covered that on a show actually and i, I saw it i, I saw was the show, yeah. i was quite annoyed at the way the the security guard spoke to elvis actually about that well you, you you'd have to put yourself i guess uh in the individual's position he was probably given certain orders right yeah colonel parker <laughs> uh, especially by parker right exactly so the guy is just doing his job, mm. ultimately. Soon, you know, Elvis comes out and there's a reporter there. Elvis, cordial. He's ready to, to speak with the reporters. What do you think of the fans? Oh, it's fantastic. He looks over, he smiles, get in the car. 
the guy was just doing his job, what he was told to do. You can hear Parker take off. Yeah, that's the last thing you hear. Then, then it cuts to the fans being interviewed. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it, it did, it did annoy me the first time I watched it, and I heard him saying, "Get in the car, get in the car," and I just, but well, I, I it can, annoys I, you because you want to see more Elvis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's quite, quite correct. Quite correct. Indeed, but you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, he's on tour. He's between shows. He's was he off to a show? He's got to get dressed, and but. You know, how many times you see footage or even snapshots of Elvis at airports, signing autographs, Mm -hmm. talking to the fans. Mm -hmm. You know, he was always obliging. Yeah. Uh, You know, somebody taps him on the shoulder and says, get in the car. You know, he's only doing what, uh, you know, protocol, following protocol. And of course, he he had a show to do as well. They were probably on a strict time limit as well. Correct. Yes, absolutely. But it just goes to show what, I mean, you know, there there is more footage out there that's going to come out, definitely. That was my first reaction. Well, I wouldn't, shouldn't, I was like completely shocked when I saw the quality of it. It was amazing. I loved that. And then there was my next thought was, God only knows what's out there. And uh, yeah, hopefully um, we have more surprises like that in the near future um so uh, did you did you do you buy these sort of uh, in in small quantities or was there a large quantity at the beginning when you started collecting these photographs are they digitized or are they all on paper um nowadays mostly digitized there's literally you know a finite amount of room to print them all out there's you know just it's impossible Mm. but um yeah uh everything's digitized for the most part and um it's amazing how you could still come across photographs of him that you've never seen every day almost you know yeah like with facebook and stuff like that well um did you see did you see the one that came out a few weeks ago of him taken in uh hawaii of course and it it was it's it said on the on the border of the print march 1973 but that was of course when it was printed and in my opinion you did something on your show too right i mean in my opinion i think it's uh more likely to be may 1972 well it could also be november 72 yeah and november because he was he was was in he was in uh hawaii for concerts two two concerts in 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 november yeah but he seems to be wearing the same uh clothes that he was wearing when he flew back to uh the the states from hawaii right the 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 blue the the the, the blue uh pants the gold belt and the white shirt there's actually photographs taken on may the 19th yeah yeah there was recently um a photograph of him in the plane on ebay that i had never seen before uh-huh he's um sitting in um in a seat and looking directly at the camera and smiling i had never seen that before right is that the one with sunny west in the background no no oh. no 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 nobody's in the background it's just him sitting in the seat like kind of like leaning forward looking at whoever's taking the picture and um smiling wearing a, a hawaiian lei right it's a great shot right there's uh, th- th- there's three that surfaced as well this last week of him in a jeep did you see those in the army in the army yes sir he's uh, yeah yes sir <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he seems to, he, he seems to be reading a peanuts uh comic book 
Uh-huh. And on, yeah. the, on the third one, uh, he's taking a light from somebody. He's lighting, it looks either like a cigar or a cigarette. Yeah, like I said, the, the most photographed human being on the planet. Yes. No doubt in my mind. Okay. Uh, so we, we will, if people look uh, on the Follow That Dream CDs, they will see your name as uh, being courtesy, photographs courtesy of Steve Barilli. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And mm-hmm. you, you, you've done an awful lot, obviously, since 1999, probably countless numbers now. And uh, you, I, I wonder, you know, is, is the well getting dry or we still got lots of Follow That Dream releases to look forward to? Well, if you like soundboards, um, I would bet that there's several more years worth of soundboards left. Uh-huh. Um, and it's always, uh, always a pleasure to contribute when I can. Um, I believe this is a very positive thing for Elvis's legacy, his musical legacy. And um, I'm very grateful to be able to have the opportunity to help um, with his legacy. Well, we're, as fans... In, we're, a, po- we're, in a positive way, of course. In a positive way, yeah. And us as fans are grateful to the work that you do and Ernst and Roger, Roger Seaman and Ernst George Jensen. Absolutely. They're, they're, in my opinion, doing a phenomenal job, even with the vinyl. You know, I'm not a big fan of vinyl, but um, the designs that they're working with and, uh, you know, they're fans themselves. So that's that's really a big part of why they do such a good job is they are fans and they they know um, what the fans want uh, in most cases. Yeah. Um, I always think that, do you remember the uh, legendary performer series that Joan Deary started in, what was it, 1974? I always think that, the, you know, the legendary performer is, you know, um, well, or rather I should say, Follow That Dream became what legendary performer should have become. She sort of, uh, yeah, she sort of sowed the, the seeds for, you know, the alternate takes and, and unheard recordings and rare recordings and things like that. And, you know, point. you sure. know, follow that dream took over from that and it's really done the job properly. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's mainly because they're fans, Ernst and Roger. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. So, um, you know, I think, um, Ernst is a very, very lucky man. You know, link, think of that position that he's, that he's got, right? Yeah. It's a great, great job. <laughs> yeah, he actually gets to sit down and listen to unheard Elvis all day. Yeah, there's that, and then and and you know, even for somebody like myself, it it you know trickles down to uh, a a fan like myself and contributing to these things. It's it's always um, great fun, and um, I must say, I'm I'm very proud of it. It's a great time to be an Elvis fan because there's definitely been a resurgence. Uh, well, it was it was a greater time to be an Elvis fan 40, 46 years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I I can relate to what you're saying. Though, there, there's course, definitely so. been a resurgence, thanks to Baz and Austin and and, and everybody. Absolutely. It's it's never really um, died down for me. Um, so there's always the music, there's always the, um, packaging and everything else. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, it's a great time to be an Elvis fan. Yeah, I know some people dipped in and dipped out of Elvis over the years, but I was always in. 
you know, I've had 50 odd over 50 odd years of Elvis. <laughs> well, there's a difference between hearing him and having him in your life and becoming obsessive. And I know, I know I can just tell that you're obsessive, yeah. which is a, which is a great thing, by the way, it's a beautiful thing. I've always had Elvis to um, rely on. Yes. Yes, that's right. I've, I've always had him there to rely on and, um, it still works. Yeah. Even the darkest day, you put a little bit of Elvis on and it gets a little bit lighter, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes, keeps, keeps life fun for me and, uh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, I'm well, very, very grateful. Can I, can I ask you what's on the horizon or is it top secret? Uh, well, you've heard about the new 74 Vegas thing coming out. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, January 74. That's going to be fun. Uh, actually, I hear it's, it's out already. Um, so it might be available for download. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, after that, there's the new Memphis vinyl that's already out. And, uh, there, there has been talk of a few different things. You know, people are speculating about some sessions again, you know, um, how great thou art perhaps, um, has been discussed. That's gotta be done eventually. Right. Mm -hmm. If I could get any more specific than that, um, not really. Yeah. I just, um, okay. But that's, we, that's about, we can be, we, we can be satisfied that there is stuff in the pipeline. Anyway, that's that, that, uh, that makes me happy. Well, these session releases I'm sure are going to continue. And as I said, the, uh, soundboards, I know for a fact that they, they have enough for several years, you know, and think they're, they're just starting to put out now like three at a time. Yeah. Right. Which is great. Which is great. I, I have high hopes for the, um, 74, January 74. Uh, I was totally floored by the Louisiana Memphis package. The Baton Rouge show is amazing. It's excellent. And the sound quality is fantastic. Are you, are you familiar with that package? No, no, but I'm uh, now you've recommended it. I'm going to be, I'm going to tr try and listen to it. But you know, they, the fact that they had the presence of mind to record just about all his shows is just fan fantastic. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. Right? Yeah. Thank, thank goodness they did, uh, Bruce Jackson. Yeah. And a lot of these things, you know, they were recording for possible release and or just in case a musician um they needed to get another musician they would uh need these cassettes to for them to play and i've even heard that elvis wanted them recorded so you know there are, could be several reasons why they were recorded but um thankfully they were and some better quality than others mm. but that louisiana memphis package if you have not heard it you're in for a treat right I Great. especially love the, uh, the Baton Rouge show from July 2nd, I believe it is of 76. Yeah. Sound quality is terrific. And you're familiar with the Memphis show. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Again, the sound quality here is, um, I think even a notch better than, uh, what we've had before. It's funny. You mentioned the Memphis show. Um, 
I had a caller to the show the other night that said that Elvis specifically asked Al Devoren when he made the announcement at the end of the show to say that it was recorded in his Great hometown one. of Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. right. Elvis was so pr- Elvis was so proud to say, you know, to think that he was doing concerts in his hometown. Now, was that said on the album, the 74 album? Yeah, right? I remember yeah. listening when the very, very first time I listened to the actual vinyl back in the 70s. Right. Uh, and Al right. says, uh, Elvis has now left for Graceland. This record, this left this, for Graceland. Yeah. Yep. That, you don't hear that very yeah. often. And then he says, Elvis This is hometown. Yeah. The, yep. Hometown. Yeah. He mentions the hometown. Yeah. Now, have you been to Memphis, Steve? I have. I've been to Graceland, yes. Yeah. Uh, not as often as I'd like. Uh, I, I really, really want to get there again, but uh, it'll probably be when I retire now in about five years' time. <laughs> you go to Memphis quite often? I was go- I went for like 30 years in a row, so now it's kind of come down to like the important anniversaries, unless, you know, I just get a whim to go i mean it's you know i could i could drive or fly i mean driving is about 16 hours but you know i really don't mind a long road trip and um last august this past august i um i happened to have a lot of fun it was uh, a great time and um, i'm actually thinking about going back this august so you've seen a lot of changes in the graceland area oh, oh yeah Oh yes, I don't like what I see nowadays, but it's um it's it's become more about uh getting together with um fellow fans and yeah. friends that you've made and know people for like decades mm-hmm. because of Elvis. Yeah. So, you know, it's um it's it's always a great time. Yeah, well when we went there was there was no guest house. It was still the uh, the Heartbreak Hotel. There was no huge complex mm-hmm. across the road. There was a complex, mm-hmm. but there was no huge complex across the road. I loved Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I was used fun. to stay there when it was Wilson World. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was like, you know, it was one of those times where you'll never ever forget it. You know, I'll never ever forget the time I was there. It was just you could feel you could feel the Elvis influence. You know, you could feel something when you were there. Absolutely, especially when you walk in the house, right? Yeah, and also at the actual gravestones as well, because we 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 did the sure. early, early morning walk up at seven thirty, and we went to the meditation right. garden. And there's definitely you, right. can, you can definitely feel something there. Yeah, big big changes. Um, the restaurants are still good. Mm-hmm. Um, crime has gone up tenfold wow but still a great time especially when you know you're surrounded by elvis fans i mean you know fans like yourself and myself yeah not just uh there are i think it was bruce springsteen said uh there are pretenders and there are contenders yeah so (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah man think about think about august yes be very very hot in August. I understand, though. Is that correct? Well, when did you go? Twenty uh, years well, ago. Well, actually, it, it was it was hot when we went. We were the beginning of June. So oh was... man, you got to be there during Elvis week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I... There's um, yeah, you know, you don't have to really spend a lot of time outdoors. Mm. But yeah, you should definitely be part of Elvis week. I, I hear the prices have actually gone up quite substantially as well. Unfortunately, to to do a lot of it, is that correct? 
you you don't want to stay at the guest house in all in Elvis week. Yeah, it's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, because you know if it's not Elvis week, it's um not that expensive, and it's a very nice place to stay. I stayed there once or twice. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, the other things going through the house and the tours, you of course the prices have gone up. Um, but you know, how often do you do this? And it's something you're passionate. It's, it's something that you're passionate about. So I agree. I agree. And of course, when we were there, we, we, we took all the other stuff in as well, like sun studio, Beale street, Humes, Lauderdale courts. You know, we, we, we tried to cram as much in as we could. Uh, sun studios was something else. When I stood on that X that they have marked on the floor. Wow. Unbelievable! Yep. It was the, the the hairs on the back of my neck just stood right up. <laughs> have you been to Nashville? No, we never made it to Nashville. No, I would have loved to have seen Studio B. You got to see Studio B. It's a great tour, and um, I um, I think you should start thinking about going in August mm. right now. Yeah, it's 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 on my bucket list, definitely. Elvis week. Yeah. And I'll see, I'll see you there. <laughs> it's about four or five months away. Yeah. So plenty of time. Yeah. 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 Well, it'd be a great place to meet. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Steve, I'm, I'm going to let you go because, uh, you've given me an, you know, a, an awful lot to work with here now. I've really, really, really enjoyed, uh, speaking with you. So have I, uh, sharing all this with, with my listeners as well. I'm sure they'll get a great kick out of hearing this and, uh, I hope I hope that we can speak again sometime. Totally my pleasure, and I look forward to speaking sometime very soon. Thanks, Steve. All the best. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. My thanks once again to Steve for sharing his memories of seeing Elvis in concert and for telling us about his contribution to the Follow That Dream and Sony releases. I found Steve a fascinating guest, and I hope you did too. Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel can be found on YouTube and all podcast providers. You can join me live on YouTube every Sunday when I do an Elvis quiz with a monthly prize, and we also have lots of Elvis features during the show. You can also phone the channel free and chat about all things Elvis with me. Until then, take care, and I hope you will join me next time on Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. (laughs) 